Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Five times are hitting the road again this summer. And it's the Champions League heroes heading to Ireland in August. Andrei Shevchenko, the European Footballer of the Year. Star man in the Milan side. Must score. He must score. He saved it! Believe it. Jamie Carragher and Luis Garcia host a gala dinner at the Marca Hotel in Dublin, August 20th. Once a European champion, always a European champion. 24 hours later, Luis Garcia, Didi Haman, and Jamie Carragher are at the Waterfront Theatre Belfast, August 21st. Then in September, Barnes, Aldridge and Haman in London on Thursday the 11th. Fowler, McAteer and Whelan in Newport, South Wales on Thursday the 18th. All details and tickets of all those events on fivetimes.co slash events. It'd be great to see you there. Liverpool have their hands on the European Cup again and this time it's for Keats. Welcome to the first podcast of the year. It's great to be back. Um, obviously, it's been a busy summer with the World Cup. A lot of the lads have been away um, after a fantastic season last year. It's great to get going again. The season's nearly upon us. Nearly only three weeks to go. Um, just a couple of things to, to let you know about. We've got nights coming up in Norway, Dublin, Belfast, London and Wales. As always, check out the 5 slash events for all the details. We had some fantastic nights last year. Went all over the world. Uh, certain charities doing nights all over the place it was absolutely fantastic so we've got plenty more coming up like I say if you want to get them tickets for them events go to fivetimes.co slash events where all the details will be on the website also if you think a legend visit would work um, anything to do with your company or you want to set up a night or you want any of the lads to to visit you anywhere in the world uh, preferably Hawaii, Seychelles, Maldives, Dubai anywhere like that um, the lads are, are quite willing to come over and um, and to entertain, as we did last season. Um, so get in touch. Like I say, I'll send that uh, address again. It's fivetimes.co slash events uh, for all the details. Yeah. So the first podcast of the season is, is going to get underway, and I couldn't think of two better people. Well, I could actually, but they're on holiday. So, um, so we brought these two along. Uh, Roy Evans and John Barnes are with us. Um, yeah, probably the two best to open the season with. Um, I've got to talk World Cup first. Uh, Diggy, you South Africa? Yep. Yeah, I mean, World Cup is always fantastic no matter where you are. And while I wasn't in Brazil, people keep saying, what it was like over there? I said, it's probably the same as any country in the world whereby it grips the whole country. You know, obviously the World Cup was in South Africa in 2010. And when it was there, you can see how much the nation embraced it. But although now, 2014, you're in Brazil, the World Cup, in terms of the way that the whole country embraced the World Cup in South Africa was exactly the same, apart from obviously, you know, the stadiums weren't full, but the World Cup is fantastic and, you know, 
the goals that were scored, the amount of goals that were scored, which for me, I didn't expect. I, didn't expect, I thought it would be much tighter. Forget about the semi-final with Brazil, but even the goals up until that point were yeah. probably the most goals scored since France, 98. So it was just a great, great occasion. And after you were in America, weren't you? I tried to get older at one point, but you were over there coaching. Yeah, doing the coaching, trying to get some kids into college and different things. It was uh, really good, but it's a bit strange actually. I've been coaching the Americans, and they they lasted longer than us. Yeah, well, I was going <laughs> to. a bit embarrassing. I really. wanted to ask you there because when we when we found out you were in America, obviously we tried to get you on the phone, but it was just difficult with the times and stuff. But the American World Cup campaign really took off. Obviously, the president got involved, and you know they they, they nearly nearly won the World Series, didn't they? But it was um, <laughs> it was good. So you were over there when all that was going on. How how was it? Well, it was great. Obviously, Americans were delighted the way they, they performed at the end of the day. Um, and once once they got to that certain stage, yeah. everybody joined in. Obviously, the, the president and, and everybody else. Like that where you were. Yeah, even even in Daytona, it was there. It was uh, it was really good. Everyone was getting sort of up for it. Um, and I have to say, I mean, the Americans have come a long way over over, over many yeah. years, and uh, the, the game is getting certainly bigger and bigger over there. It's, they just probably lack a little bit in between professional side and and school there's nothing in the middle there's no amateur leagues if you like so that's where they, they don't pick up was the real belief that Amer- the Americans were going to go all the way as, as obviously coming out of their camp you know Clinton the way he was and stuff did the people believe that or were they just didn't I mean, all the, well all the football people or soccer people as they would call it like <laughs> basically like the Premier League they love the Premier League they watch yeah. the Premier League week in week out and you know, it goes on yeah. all throughout the US um, but for them to start believing in their own their own country to, to, to do really well um, I think that was really something fantastic for them I mean they're all supporters of different clubs yeah. Liverpool, Man U whatever it is and the, the Italians and the yeah. Spanish so it, it's great for them to have a little feeling that they've got players that can qualify for the World Cup but there are two there are two sets of people in the US people who know about football and who understand that America maximizes the potential they can get to the quarterfinals maybe they can go on and then there are others who, when the World Cup comes around, are interested in it um, and believe that the USA can win the World Cup because they are USA. Okay. They don't know much about football, but they know we are USA, so we should win. Like the president. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> and Tom Hanks. <laughs> and, and Rihanna, although she won a German Tom Cruise. But the problem you have in America, but the biggest problem you have in America, and Roy men the fact, there are, about, there, are two, there are two sides of it. You're looking at from the professional level and, and then the, the, because it's probably the most played sport for, for, for youngsters and for women and for girls because that's the way it's seen. Yeah, the biggest problem they have is that it is a middle-class sport in America and America is so strange because yeah. it's a working-class sport all over the world. You've got kids with no shoes in Brazil who can play football and you listen to Americans and Americans say sometimes they can't afford to play football. It's a middle-class sport. Now, where America for me would improve is if you go into the inner cities and you get these athletes who are playing basketball, American football, baseball, and and have that hunger and that desire and that mentality to then play soccer because, you know, the real athletes in America go and play all the sports and then if they don't, they play football and it's still perceived to be uh, a kid's sport and a woman's sport. So therefore, you're not really getting... All of them, you look at Brad and all of these American players, all go to university, they're all intelligent, they're all middle class, whereas if they can then go into the inner cities to get these real hungry athletes, that's when they can... I think improve. you're right, actually, but by the same token, the, the, the recognised American sports will not really let football in. No, it can't. I mean, the line I played over there a long time ago was difficult to get yeah. on the ladder, and yeah. that's the big thing, they, they make sure that soccer does not take over. I mean, but even in terms of the way that the game is, it's not because obviously if it could be more marketable, and it isn't, it's two 45-minute halves. In American football, baseball, you have timeouts, you have stoppages, mm. that's where the sponsors get on board, obviously, to get all the strap lines in, and that's where they pay more money. 
Now, because of the way football is in America, soccer is in America, it is not marketable from the sponsor's point of view yeah. because you can't advertise that much, so therefore you can't pay. So therefore, from a financial point of view, they're never going to be able to compete with, with them. And of course, historically as well, baseball and American football are the two number one sports. How far away do you think they actually are? No. Listen, every time the World Cup comes around, people get involved and they'll be hungry and they say, now that you know David Beckham went there yeah. and then and then now all of a sudden Thierry Henry, but not forgetting the 70s, Pele went there. Yeah. Great athletes. Yeah. 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 Great athletes. They still haven't, obviously through the genes, got a John Barnes, yeah. being like all a, a, a Messi or something like that. They, that's probably difficult to come through yeah, because yeah. mums and dads yeah. haven't played football in all the years. And what they're taking also are, are players at the end of their career. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to get a Messi at 25 going there because financially they can't afford to do that. Now, it's nothing to do with the popularity of football. It's to do with the fact that from a sponsor's point of view, there are other games which are more marketable from a financial point of view. Historically, there are more games which you'll be able to pay more money to these athletes for. So, you know, as much as we are now getting excited again because, in fact, there are more people in America watching the World Cup than anywhere else. In fact, more people in Americans went to the World Cup. Well, that's every four years. To then say that the league is going to take off, It'll still, you know, you're still playing second fiddle to baseball in America. Every time it takes off, John, it goes down. They're not going back. I mean, years ago, Pelly went. Yeah, that was there. Well, and, and Roy Evans. Roy Evans. Roy Evans. Roy Evans. Yeah, Pelly. Same time. <laughs> we swung. We won it. So there you go. That's how bad it was. But we won it. I wonder it never took off. <laughs> <laughs> in general, then, the World Cup success. I mean... Uh, it was a fantastic success, the way it was up. I was worried about the, the violence and all the bits. And yeah, the, before. After, it was fantastic. For England, I thought it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, well, I was going to get on. To people that, kept yeah. talking about positives and about young players. For me, it was a disaster. And obviously, the manager got to take some of the the, 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 the blame. At the end of the day, I thought I thought he picked players instead of teams. You know. mm. And you know, again, when things were going wrong, he didn't change anything. You know, like Rooney was playing in front of Baines, it wasn't working after ten minutes, so change it somewhere. I really, really felt very disappointed mm. after the World Cup about England. Yeah, I think that um, from the World Cup point of view, an unqualified success, and I always felt it would be because no matter what, because that's what football is about. No mm. matter where you have it, and as much as people talk about South Africa in 2010, the problems with the violence, Brazil, yeah. there's going to be problems. And you know, you have a lot of people that talk about problems depending on where it's going to be. Qatar and wherever. And... But I can tell you, once the World Cup starts, because of the popularity of football, which is why it's a success, that's why FIFA, really, as far as I'm concerned, are just on a winner. One, not to say that. I believe in their integrity. No, I'm not talking about. That, yeah. no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that. No matter where it's held, it's going to be a success because people love football so yeah. much. I agree with War from England's perspective. We then have to be realistic in terms of how good we think we are because I've seen the way we treat our players here. First of all, you have to say that the England national team, they have 30 percent of players to choose from in the Premier League. The strength of the Premier League, which is where you judge, unfortunately, they judge the national team on the strength of the Premier League, which they shouldn't. Thirty percent, thirty-three percent players in the Premier League are English. That's who we have to choose from. More damning and more important is what are the percentage of the, of the players in the top five teams. Forget about the whole 18 teams. The top five teams is even less. So you look at the point of view of all of a sudden players come to the end of their careers, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, people like that, who have been great professionals, uh, still didn't win the World Cup, but great professionals. And all of a sudden we have no one in between. We've got good young players, good old players. So the expectation for me, and as much as we said, oh, we don't expect anything from there, go on there and play, go on there and play. We offer, overemphasize how good we think we are. You know, all of our players, all of our, particularly our young players coming through, and unless they're told they have to improve, because we already told them that they're fantastic, they're great, Sterling's, Lallana's, all of these players, and they've got great potential. But unless we actually keep them in check to then say, listen, you have great potential, but you have to improve. From what we tell them as fans, from what we tell them in the media, how great we are, they're mm. going to take us forward and win the World Cup because they're yeah. great players. They're, they have a long way to go. Did he succumb, did he succumb to changing his, his game plan because he felt the pressure of playing the kids and got through no, them in? That, 
Jason, at the end of the day, you don't know what, what's in, in Roy's mind. But, yeah. but the whole process for me is that I think, you, as, as, an, as an, a, a manager of your country, or any country, you can't start, you can't sort of throw kids in just for the sake of you. You've got to play your best team. And if some of the older guys are still good enough and better than the kids, it's not a place to go and, go and try out your young kids the World Cup. You're mm. going to the World Cup to try and win. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the, you know what the esteem is for the, the people of, of England? And watching the team go there and to come back with that with a whimper, really, wasn't it? Now, at the end of the day, for me, if if an older guy is still better than the younger guy, okay, play him in number 21s yeah. and let him get his, his experience yeah. in different places. Don't take them there to get experience. Take them there to win. Well, and, also, and also, you also have to look at the, the character of the manager. And you have to say the manager has to be true to his own philosophy and his own character. Now, it is not Roy Hodgson's character, as we've known for the last 30 years, for him to be picking Sterling and Alan and Wilshire and all of these players, because that's not who he is. And as much as there's pressure for him to do that, you have to be true to yourself. And if what has got you where you are to be the England manager, and what's got you success when you coach Switzerland and these teams by playing four hard-working midfield players without much flair, uh, because that is what you believe in and that's the way you are, which is what Roy Hodgson does. That's what he has to do. And I think he succumbed to the fact that, and it was easy for him to do that, because what will then happen is that if you're not successful, you can then say, well, I did what everyone wanted. I played the Wilchers and I played the Lalanas and then we played Sterlings and this is what we have to do. So therefore, or he could have been played more James Milner and more hardworking players who no one likes, but then, you know, go through the groups I think they possibly could have. But I think that, I think he succumbed to the pressure a little bit in the team That's the balance of your team, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's great to have a fantastic players I mean if you pick your very best 11 best footballers yeah. it's not always your best team Absolutely. Mm. and so that's, that is part of management too, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's but he's handled that yeah. he's handled that for the last 20 years because you know and if you look at even when he was at Liverpool in terms of maybe because of the way Liverpool wanted to play other players he actually had that that wouldn't work for him but not to say he couldn't go to West Brom or even do that so that is why when he manages England he has to then say well what do I believe in as, as a manager to then say for me to get success and if it means not playing the Liverpool way not playing an expansive way which is what the public are saying, mm. playing all these flair players, for me to be true to myself, I think that's what he should have done. The expectation is high, it's massive, isn't it? I mean, it's massive for Liverpool, for Man United, you know, Chelsea, whatever. But when you're the England manager, it's, it, the expectation of the whole country is massive. So you, you have to have, you have to go there with a, a belief that you can win. For me, and if you don't go there with that belief, then you've you've wasted your time. Obviously, we're, we're here to talk about Liverpool and, and the up and coming season, and obviously there's there's been a, a big story that's come after the World Cup that involves obviously the, the Liverpool captain and obviously there's an instance that happened in the World Cup that involved one of Liverpool's strikers. I think we we'll we'll touch on Steven Gerrard uh, retiring from international football. Good decision. Well, I always believe that any decision any player makes is the right decision. And as much as people can say you could continue, he's the only one who knows. And if Liverpool are now going to be playing in the Champions League and you know, in between Champions League and league is when international matches are played, mm. then he feels that his body can't do that fine. But, you know, for me, the integrity of his timing has been unbelievable because... In a good way or bad way? In a good way, yeah. because you could forgive him for, for saying, I'm going to be involved in three more games to be the most capped outfield player. Mm. But if he feels that, you know, either from the point of view of me not being able to play or I just don't want to be on the bench because, you know, David Beckham was on the bench for his last 15 England games coming off for five minutes to get that, that amount yeah. of caps, which shows he just wanted, to, wanted the caps. Mm. And Stephen could easily overtake him in the next three games and retire after that. So for him to stop now... I don't know whether I would have done that. <laughs> Although I'm a man of integrity. However, the, the, the temptation to be the most capped outfield player, which he could easily have done because, you know, of all his, most of his 114 England caps he has played. Well, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so for him to retire now just shows that, you know, he has the right integrity for football rather than just wanting to be the most capped player. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, he's talked with Brendan about it as well. Obviously, being in Champions League, I think he's made a very honest decision at the end of the day. I mean, that he could have stayed the next few games. I think he's done it at the right time. It's a new start for everybody. Um, and Stephen, we hope, we hope we'll get the best out of Stephen for us because it's going to be a challenging season. And we hope he doesn't regret it in 20 years when no one knows him. <laughs> <laughs> and say, who's the most captain? Who's David Beckham 115? Who's got second? You get nothing for second. <laughs> <laughs> Our fans will always remember him, that's for sure. That's, that's a definite thing. And as from a global level, obviously, hopefully prolongs his career. Yeah, it will prolong his career um, at, at the end of the day. But, it, I mean, it's, I think sometimes... You know what the season goes. Now there'll be no little breaks from it. I mean, yeah. So if you get the chance now, when it comes to international weeks, you, I mean, if, if you're the manager, you might say, take a few days off. You know, live down to Spain for a couple of days with your family. <laughs> I'd be no, fine no. now. I'd be through yeah. with the lads. <laughs> no, but we we with Kenny didn't we, years ago. We like Kenny. We, yeah. Sometimes he didn't train until Thursday. We we sort of tried to to keep him as long as we could because of the, the ability he's got. So obviously the. The biggest probably talking point um, for the World Cup, certainly from Liverpool's point of view, was obviously the Luis Suarez incident. What was your reaction to when it first happened? Did you watch it live? Did you yeah. see it? I mean, you're shocked again. And they go, "No, what, what are you doing?" Yeah. I mean, it's 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 an infant, it's an infantile thing. I mean, it's got to be something that's in his genes or, or something that's happened somewhere. <laughs> at the end of the day, the only thing I would say, I mean, I, I am a Luis Suarez fan. I think mm. he's the Great player to watch. I, I've enjoyed watching the last two or three years. To put it in perspective slightly, um, he hasn't broken anybody's leg. He hasn't finished anybody's career. Um, all he's done is try to bite. And in our in our culture, biting, spitting, scratching, you know, it's not allowed with our kids. And I think he looks like a kid when he does it. Because yeah, yeah. he, he used to go about to bite them. He just gets his teeth on and then he goes, no. It's like he gets the shock of it. You can't do it. I can't condone it. I can't even stand up for them, yeah. whatever. What I will stand up and say, there have been a lot worse Where's things in football. There are a lot worse things in Brazil. Um, David Luiz and one yeah. of the games smashing people twice in the nose and things. But at the end of the day, um, we can't condone you. He's got to be you know, sort of brought to, 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 to task for it. Um, will he ever learn? I don't know. But I can honestly say, I think he was a great, great player for Liverpool. I enjoyed watching him week in, week out. Um, and I wish him well. He's, he's gone, but I'd like to he's gone. He's Barcelona. He obviously wanted to go. You can't keep someone who wants doesn't want to stay. Um, but I wish him very well because he was great for us. He was, and um, Roy said right at the start about culturally because if you look at the response that he's had from everybody in Uruguay, Prime Minister and everybody else mm. who have one not condoning it, they've said, well, it's not as bad as people are making out. As Roy says, he hasn't shot anyone, he broke anybody's leg. So while it's unacceptable, we have to look and say people are different and people accept certain things. Uh, I remember, you know, in the old days when a good old English 50-50 tackle, which could hurt somebody, which is completely accepted here, they'll frown upon that in South America because it could hurt somebody. Whereas spitting on him, yeah, it's not nice, but that's not as bad. So it is a cultural thing. However, from the point of view of, for me, it's more to do with the frustration in him when things aren't going his way. And it seems that it's strange because he seems to get frustrated very easily. Because if you look at when he actually did that, Uruguay are still going to go through. It's nil all. Maybe he's not playing well, but it's not as if they're going out to the World Cup. They're 3-0 down. He's missed five open goals. So why get frustrated? He seems to get frustrated very quickly, very much like the one against Chelsea. So from that point of view, this is something that's in him, which is, not, you know, I think too much is made of it, which is fine. However, from the Liverpool perspective, 
we can't be held to ransom to whether Luis Suarez is going to be happy or not from game in to game out. I mean, last year, when they said about how Luis Suarez, and they said to me he's different to Torres because he'd give 100%, and he will, and he does. And even when he wanted to leave, and he didn't leave, he still gave 100%, and things were going well. But the test of character, for me, and the testament of the character of the player, in terms of his commitment, it's not when things are going well, it's when things aren't going well. So had he come to Liverpool, started off this season, and not scored for the first five games, and Liverpool aren't playing well, then that would have really said again, well, I don't want to be here. Now, you want a player to be at Liverpool if they're losing every game, if they're winning every game. So you can't go from, and I think with Luis Suarez, the time had come because I don't think that this would ever have been resolved. Even if he'd signed a new contract and he says he's happy, I'm sure if the season hadn't started off well or if he's going through a lean spell, that is when you'd all of a sudden see his lack of commitment. So I think he's a fantastic player, great player, and he'd served Liverpool well. But I'm sure Roy will remember, I'm a bit too young, but Billy Little, of course, was the same. Then he left, and then Kevin Keegan came and he left, and Kenny Dalglish came and he left, Ian Rush came, Robbie Fowler came, now Luis Suarez is done. So we shouldn't overemphasize the importance of any individual player. And I think we've done that with, we did it with Torres, and now we did it with Suarez. So now hopefully we can then move on, because if you look at the players we've got, look at the signings we're going to make, I think the squad and the team will be better. Yes, we're, not, we're going to miss 30 goals a season, but we can see other players scoring goals. Mm -hmm. We can see us being better balanced. And I think that Daniel Sturge really... Not that he has to come out of his shell because he had a great season, but I think he could take on the mantle now to be not the new Luis Suarez, but to really show his work. I, I, think I just think, yeah, I just think one little Sturridge and, and Suarez, at the end of the day, at, at the end of the season, I just thought, I just thought they were playing against each other to, to outshine each other. And that was a little worry to me. It's just something you would have tried to say to them. Make sure you, make sure you play together, not against each other. But at the end of the day, I think Sturridge will, will blossom. Yeah, I mean, and you saw it in the last few games when things probably weren't going too well. They were frustrated with each other. Now, if you can be frustrated with each other when you are top of the league, second in the league, going for the championship, imagine if you're then fourth or fifth or things aren't going well, what relationship will you have then? And I really feel, I really felt it was more Suarez than Sturridge because I think Sturridge still felt that, you know, I'm playing second fiddle to him. But of course, after doing so well in the first six games, you know, his confidence grew, yeah. his stature grew, and then he started to become a little bit um, more, well, I'm, I'm equal to you, so mm. pass to me and let's do things together. Whereas you can never do that. And that's why it's so interesting to see how he goes at, uh, at Barcelona because there's only one person at Barcelona, Messi. If he thinks he's going to go there and take off for Messi, he's wrong. So why was he going to Well, even Neymar has to be humble to Messi. Yeah. You saw it last year. Neymar stays up wide and when mm. if there's any free kicks, anything, Messi decides. So that's why it's a strange move. I thought Real Madrid would have been a more move for him because that's where you have individual well, superstars. You see that Ronaldo and Bale, don't you? Yeah. Well, no, but, Bale, but Bale, Bale is subservient yeah, to yeah, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Now, is Suarez going to be subservient to to Messi, we don't know. But from the Liverpool perspective, I really felt we had to draw a line under it. And a line being drawn on the Luis Suarez saga is that, Luis, you're here for five years. Let's not talk about you leaving anywhere again from year in, year out, week in, week out. So that's it. There's a line under it, which I don't think would ever have happened. Or the line is, now you've gone. And for me, that was the right thing to do. I thought Liverpool handled it really, really well. They didn't make any rash decisions. They didn't come out and speak their minds straight away. I mean, from a manager's point of view, as obviously you've been the manager and it's, it's great to have you ask this question what, what what goes through a manager's mind what would be going through Brendan's mind as soon as he sees that in incident what what happens there what's the process there I think you're devastated at the end of the day I mean, obviously you, you, it's happened before so many times and you think oh, what, what do we have to do and to be fair he, I think Lewis has cleaned up his game so much from the start of last season when yeah. he missed the games I mean, obviously, Brendan's had talks to him, and you know, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, was, he even stopped like throwing, the, diving so much. He didn't dive as much. He didn't do the, that. Thing. He still went down easy, but that's the type of player he is. But you think, well, it's, he's got past all that, and you think he's, he's now grown up. He's a grown yeah. man, and then he does it again, and so it, it leaves us a loss. I mean, what can you do? You can get psychologists. You can get 
everything at the end of the day, but it's about the man himself, isn't it? And, I mean, they've said it's, um, no one's bigger than the club. Is it taking, is something like that taken out of your hands? By would the owners step in there, would, would the chairman ring you up? And no, you I, think, I, mean, I, think I would think that, in all honesty, they would, try, would have tried to keep Luis Suarez because he's a great player. They would talk to him and say, we don't want you to go. But, as, you, as we've said at the start of it, if, if the, the, your top player wants to go somewhere else, because of, uh, obviously his, his wife's got family there, whatever. Once they've got that in their mind, hey, it's detrimental to keep them for him. I mean, they just build, bring the rest of the squad down because he, if he wants to leave, he can mess around, he can do whatever he wants. To be fair to Luis Suarez, in all the time he said he wanted to go, his efforts still have been fantastic, I have to say that. And, there's, and there's, when he gets on the pitch, he does his stuff. But he keeps on and on and on forever. He has to go and he's gone. And, and, and we say we wish him well. But we've got another team now. We've got a different type of team, different style to it. I think I think that that would that would help Liverpool. I think that internet would help Liverpool. Why I say that is because yeah. why I say that is because before the World Cup, there was talk about Barcelona. And now here we go again. Here we go again. Now had that internet not happened, they would have been under more pressure to keep him because he would have played in the World Cup, scored, been the top scorer, played really well. <laughs> Whereas knowing that he's going to go anyway, um, how could you then sell him after having a great World Cup? I think that. I think that that incident, as much as you know, it's, n it's not a nice incident. I think that's helped Liverpool slightly in that they know he wants to go, they know he's going to go, and here this kind of like gives them a bit of a reason as well to let him go, get the money, and then say, well, we tried to help him a lot, we supported him. Whereas I think had that incident not happened and they would have sold him, I think they could have come in for criticism from the fans by saying, why did we try harder to keep him? And they've tried hard to keep him, but once you want to go, as Roy says, you want to go. But what that does, that gives you a, a get-out clause insofar as. Um, we know he's going to go, and from the fans' perspective, they're going to have a go at us for letting him go, but at least that kind of softens the blow because we can then say from a point of view of integrity, although they haven't said that, but a lot of people say, well, yes, now it's time for him to go. Do you still think he would have gone, even if this hasn't so. happened? I think so. I, I think so, absolutely. Yeah, I think you, so. You, you always felt that he's been talked about, for the, and he said, that's, I've always wanted to go back well, back to yeah. Barcelona with, because of my wife, but it's like, he's not, he's not the first, is he? he won't be the last. Yeah. We, we, we at Liverpool, unfortunately, think that you should spend your whole career because we've had so many people that have come to Liverpool and stayed and stayed. You have to remember, like Keegan went yeah, yeah, after yeah. winning the European Cup. That was a shock, wasn't it? You know, I spoke about that. Yeah, McManaman, mm -hmm. you know, Owen. Tom Bounce, Newcastle, remember? Yeah, me. Blackburn. I never left. No, but, but, people, but even people have <laughs> given like 10 years. Macca gave yeah, 10 yeah. years to us. Steve McManaman gave yeah. 10 yeah. years. Michael gave us many years. And the fans go, oh, they're going there, they're traitors. and they're Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's the way football is. But, but why, I'm, why I'm, I'm not... Listen, I, I always said I won't lose, I won't lose Suarez to want to stay at Liverpool. I want him to want to stay. If he doesn't yeah. want to stay, then I think I don't want him to stay if he doesn't want to stay. But the problem we would have had had he stayed is that I'm sure... Because you look at what's happening in the World Cup. And you look at, before the World Cup, Barcelona, 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 Real Madrid, blah, blah, blah. We would have started the season with him. And three games into the season, we could have had that. Or come January, we could have had that. And I think that that's quite unsettling. From a fan perspective, from a club perspective, mm. you're number one player, keep going. And there's no way that had he stayed, that, that whole thing about Barcelona, Real Madrid would have gone away. It would have come around again in six games. It would have come around again in, in January. And it would have yeah. come around again at the end of the season. Yeah. And you cannot just keep going every six months from a manager's point of view when you're talking about looking to the future to build where your best player is talking about leaving every you know, two or three months. One last question. Why does he always lose the plot on the edge of that six-yard box? It's, 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 it seems to be in the same position. Same position and exactly the same bite. You go, why not in the same bite? Well, 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 anyway, they play gone. Yeah. Well, What's next? Yeah. What's next? Draw the line on the the go, yeah. Liverpool obviously done a, quite a bit of business obviously before Suarez went. Ricky Lambert obviously come in. Markovic come in. Lallana. Um, good signings for you. Well, they all look to be a good sign, but again, you never know till you actually get them in to your little group of players and you start saying, we, we haven't seen much, so obviously we've seen bits on the television. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I was in Portugal last week and they were sort of raving a bit about Markovic, they thought he, was, yeah. he looked a player, but at the end of the day, until they actually play in your team, um, integrate with your players, you don't quite know them. And obviously there's a little bit of worry that we'll maybe sign a five or six players and Tottenham did that and fell apart if you like at the end of the day because you've got to you've got to make sure you buy they haven't really that, spent the money though for Suarez have they the, 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 the sort of business was done before the Suarez deal it is so but I'm saying when you bring like six players in it's, it's quite now, difficult yeah. to integrate them into your squad yeah. but if they're good players for me they'll adapt quicker than, than, than bad ones I think yeah I agree with you but I think the difference between ourselves and Tottenham is that I think with Brendan and his method yeah not his philosophy. People talk about his philosophy and what his philosophy is, but because of his method, he would have an idea about how he wants these players to play and how they can fit in to his method of play. Whereas I think with Tottenham is different. They sign good players and then they all put 11 good players and say, go out and play, which didn't work for Tottenham. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas I think that Brendan would have an idea as to the function he wants on these particular players within his team. So therefore, if you could draw on Henderson to play in different positions and what's the requirement. So I think we're different to Tottenham in that the players he's signing you know, he has an idea about how he wants them to play. Forget about how good they are individually, whereas Tottenham just signed good players. I think we needed numbers, which we've got in, and yeah. numbers of quality, because I felt last year, while we were lucky, insofar as that we didn't get any major injuries, because I think if we had got major injuries, two or three, or, or, or players who lost form, we couldn't bring anyone in to sustain that yeah. challenge. Whereas I think now, with players coming in, because there's no, by no means a given that these players are coming into play. Because if you look at what we consider to be our front three, and you know, if you're talking about Coutinho, Sterling, and, and Sturridge for me, we still are the front three. Yeah. You got Lalana, you got all these other players. Are, where are they going to fit in? So for me, they are there. Um, maybe they play, maybe they won't. But you know, if they do play, if they have to come on a sub, the quality will still be high. I still believe we need another couple of, we still need some defenders. But I think from the attacking perspective, I think now with Chan there as well, playing wide on the left, I think that that's fine. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with what he's done because. We're not going to go for a season again where we're going to use 13, 14 players. I mean, we'd be very fortunate if you do, but I'm more confident in, in thinking now that even if we don't have four or five players, either lose four, we've got to make a change. We can still have players coming in who can be equally as good. But fans are talking, obviously, with the, the Suarez money and Suarez going. Obviously, the fans are talking about a marquee signing coming in, which is obviously this, this top-level Falcao, 
kind of player. Do you do you want to see one come in, a, a real name, a real finished article? I want to just see. I, I would like to see a couple of defenders. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit John and I. Um, obviously, Lofton, I quite like the look of him. I think he looks yeah. a nice bit of steel about him at the end of the day. They've missed out on Ben Davis, haven't they, at left back? But I like to see someone, a centre back and another, another defensive midfield player. Yeah. You know, I think we still need a, a centre back and a, and a defensive midfield player. But I'll tell you why I like, like a defensive I, I'm, I'm not a great fan of Steven Gerrard playing in that deepest role. Uh, and I know you. Why? Why? Because I don't think he influences the game that much from there. Okay. And, and because of, over, over the years, a bit like John, when John went from playing wide. Into that, he went into that centre midfield, but obviously more in there. There was like two of them in there, and John Barnes. You don't know John Barnes defending in front of your back four, not for the reason that he couldn't defend. Yeah. I, I like. I mean, I wanted John to be in and around the box. Stephen. I mean, people say, well, his legs aren't the same. They are. Stephen yeah. can still get into them positions, and I just think the deeper he gets, the people harder say, it's to get well, in that well, position. Well, you just got to let him have it there. You can have it there. He's not yeah, going to yeah. kill us from from that deep. My opinion. I mean, that's what the, difference, about. the difference with me was I had when I wrote on Mercury's tendon, I couldn't do what I did before. So not being able to do what I did before, um, obviously that's the only way I could play because I couldn't do what I did once I wrote on Mercury's tendon. So I had to do that. Whereas Stephen, Wiley may say he's getting old, but Stephen, and I've said this before, Stephen as an 18-year-old, Royal know him as a 16-year-old, could have been a defensive midfield player. If that's what he chose. If that's what he chose, he could have been there. And I think that because of the requirements of Liverpool in the early days, when it was just himself and Torres, because of that requirement... He then played further forward because he can do that. Whereas for me now, if you look at the nature of the squad even from last year, when you're talking about Sterling, Coutinho, Sturridge and Suarez, that's four. If you then need Steven Gerrard as well, who's going to play forward, we would get caught short light in midfield. Mm. So I, didn't, I think that Steven, because of the nature of the team next se last season, when we had those four attacking players, mm. you're really not going to get much defensively from them. Steven then had to be more of the holding player, really just to supplement that. Now, maybe this year that Suarez isn't there, if you get another midfield player, more of a holding midfield player to play alongside Jordan Henderson, then Stephen can play further forward. You know, but I really felt last year he had to do that because if you look, if you if you look at, I think that Brendan really wanted to play a four-three-three with the three, be it Sterling, Sturridge, and, and, and Suarez or Coutinho, Sturridge, and Suarez, and then three midfield players to allow Stephen to get forward. But because Sterling and Coutinho did so well late on, he had to play those four, and playing those four, you couldn't have Stephen as well getting involved. So I really think that. Fortunately for Stephen, he can do anything. So, he, so Roy says he prefers to play further forward, and I think at times he can if you play a third midfield player. So it really depends now with Suarez going, who you actually get in, because I still definitely feel you need two midfield players in there, particularly if you're going to have attacking fullbacks who are going to sit in front of the back four. Now, if it's not going to be Stephen, he can play further forward. They still need another one. Well, yeah, I, I agree with what you say, and, and it's just a very fair point, John. Uh, and I worry about I worry, I worry about the way Brendan plays his fullbacks. I don't like the way he pushes him too high, too early. I'd like to see them coming into the game rather than both standing up there. I mean, we end up them up there, two centre-backs split. out a few times, Miller at home. And, and, and obviously the Stephen Slip and everything. But yeah. you, you need, there always should be a bit of cover somewhere. So I mean, Stephen had the same problem in the World Cup, but I was yeah. bad defending behind him yeah, from yeah. my point of view. But at the end of the day, I mean, I just, I'd rather have two years of Stephen as his very best, Dominic no trying to dominate games. Um, but I agree with John. We need somebody a, a definite. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, wasn't it great to see in the it World Cup Mascherano play? Yeah, oh, brilliant. I mean, maybe brilliant. maybe one of the best players in absolutely. the World Cup. Absolutely. I mean, fantastic. I thought he was absolutely he was fantastic. fantastic. You know, but but from 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 the Liverpool point of view, I will tell you why I was so impressed with them last year because when Roy's talking about 
Rude got caught out a few times by playing high up the field. I think that in Brendan's early first six months at the club, you could see that. Because what happens is when we play that way, we cannot afford to lose the ball in our own half. Yeah. Stephen slipping, that's, a, that, that's obviously a slip. But, but generally speaking, I think early on in the first five, six months, you can see us playing that way and losing the ball in the halfway yeah. line and we paid for it. But I have to say, but I have, but, yeah, but I have to say last year, in the last six months, yes, you can pick on the all occasion, but I think we did it perfectly because I don't ever think that we lost the ball in an area whereby in the first six months, I think we did a lot when they're getting used to it. Whereas now, we're so comfortable in possession in terms of them understanding what he wants from them that now they just don't give the ball away. Of course, you then remember the incidents that you do because you always do. But I really feel that he has it down and the players are so comfortable with it now that they can do it. I mean, sometimes you see John Flanagan crossing the ball and Luis Enrique or somebody else on the far, on the far post. Now, if you lose the ball up there, that's fine. But you don't see us really losing the ball in the back anymore. So that's why I'm really hopeful and I'm so positive now because we expect them to improve this year to last year because it took them six months. Now they're more used to it. They'll be more used to it again. So I'm really looking forward to this season. And I think, I think with that method, even without Suarez, I still think we will be equally as competitive. You look for the young lad now, on Sterling to move on and notch again. I mean, I think he's been fantastic last year at the World Cup. Great experience for him and showed some you know, great, great form, whatever. But now you want him to... For me, like when he's always played, he's saying, where's Steven? If I can give it to Steven, I'm fine. Anytime he gets past that halfway line, I want him to be like yeah. John Barnes. Can I get at, can I get at somebody at that back? And that's what he did in the last three months. Yeah, and, 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 and improve slightly from with his end product. Yeah. Final ball in, finishing. He could be sensational. Well, one player who, who probably might push Raheem Sterling and could even edge into the team if Raheem has a little different form as Jordan Ive. I've been very, very impressed with it. Yeah. On loan last season, I, I would, it's come I, yeah. back, started pre-season yeah. very, very well. He just has really come on for me. I've watched him quite a lot. And well, at the end of last season, we were talking about him getting into the team, and yeah. then of course he went along, which is again great yeah. experience. But again, if you're, if you're a young lad, and the one thing about Brendan is giving these young lads a chance. But you've got to take it. You get a chance, you've got to take it, and you've got to prove that. As we said before, be fair, Raheem didn't really take his chance, did he? But Brendan kept that belief in him, and then that's he went the again, didn't he? But you know, that's the thing. Without we look at Coutinho as well, and what Coutinho can bring. I remember Jordan Ibe when Sterling first got in the side and I watched Jordan Ibe and I felt he had more about him than Sterling yeah. because I think that Raheem yeah. was just a dribbler yeah. and he would always dribble and Jordan Ibe sometimes he played short, sometimes he'd run without the ball, he'd cross, he'd mm. pass, he'd work back and I thought, but, that's what I have to say, in the last four months Sterling has come on so well because in the last four months he stopped just dribbling, sometimes mm. he played, I mean the pass he put through in the World Cup, obviously he would not have played a pass, he would have been dribbling, whereas now in the last three months of the season he now changed, mixed his game up for his end product, his goal scoring, decision and his ability making to, decision making to work without the ball. And, yeah. and that's where I think now Jordan I, I don't think that Jordan I, I think he's Sterling now, now, I think yeah. he's a step behind him because unless, but I have to say for England at times, he still dribbled too much, but that's fine for England. But for Liverpool, I think his decision making of when to pass, when to dribble, when to have one touch, when to run without the ball was spot on in the last three months. Defensive Absolutely working back. I mean, fantastic. against Everton. Um, when we won four 0 what he put, put that defensive performance he put in against Leighton Baines, who um, arguably was the best attacking fullback, and if he can do that week in week out, I don't think that I think Jordan and I can now step behind him. Okay, but well, but a chance to still step up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Nice yeah. that we've still got we're buying these people. Would well, be great for on the bench, isn't he? You know, well, someone who hopefully can affect oh, things, make things happen. If he's from an attacking yeah, point of view, you talk about Lalana, you talk about you know Chan, you talk about I. I mean, yeah. from an attacking point of view, now we've got so many attacking midfield players or strikers or wingers that I'm not worried now about. And the fact that without Suarez still, we still create chances, we still score goals. It's more now... Lambert, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Lambert. We haven't talked much about it. I mean, Ricky Lambert is not just 
a six foot two, three foot lad. He's got ability to play. Can hold a ball up. I mean, one thing we didn't have people holding the ball up and being other players into the game. It it does give us a little bit of option, uh, plan B. Well, I wouldn't say it's a plan B because he's better than that. But it's an option. But it's another option, isn't it? Sometimes. I think what you'll then see is he's scoring goals from different areas because basically when he gets hold of the ball, you can have midfield players making runs off him for him to lay them in, for him to knock down. Whereas last year, when we got it up front, you know, either Sterling will go and score, Suarez will go and score. So there's no way midfield players are going to score with those two. It's a little bit like when we played with Robbie and Stan, when Roy was manager, and Robbie and Stan were scoring all the goals. And because of the way we played for Robbie and Stan, they would score all the goals. And then people are saying, oh, we should score more goals from midfield. If we scored more goals from midfield, they would score less. You know, it's not as if you So because of the way the team played last year, it was really set up for Storage or Suarez to score. Whereas this year, if you look at the way the team will be set up now with different players, I think you can see goals more being spread around. Obviously, pre-season is, is well underway now. Obviously, the Bromley game and Preston, the, the kids more the kids got to run out. All the, the World Cup stars now are back with the squad. They've gone to America. Um, we've seen over the, probably the last probably ten years, haven't we? These commercial tours now sort of coming into place where clubs are like Liverpool going to Australia, America, into Asia, um, all for commercial activity. How, what's your feeling as a manager? Because we always went to, to Norway, didn't we? Went into Ireland, never really went I mean, as far afield. Yeah. I mean, we've always had a, Is it a worry. We've always had a massive worldwide support, and, and you'd always like to try and feed that a little bit. Obviously, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a monetary game now. It's about finances and different things. Uh, but sometimes in the pre-season, I, I mean, some now you, you, don't, you don't get many chances to do end of season tours. Yeah. Obviously, you got. Which you did, didn't you? When you were South Africa in the Yeah, you'd signed up. I mean, obviously, it was great that we went to Australia. We've never been there. We have a massive following there. Um, again, uh, I was over in Belfast yesterday, and it must be quite a while since we've been over there. I mean, we've got great support mm-hmm. in Ireland. You tend to forget, not just in the north, in the, yeah. in the south as well. It's very difficult to feed all these, these fans in different countries. I mean, obviously, Scandinavia, Denmark, yeah. Sweden, uh, Norway phenomenal amount of fans I mean we were talking yesterday about one somebody's in a lounge the day and they didn't quite under, recognise where somebody had come from and he sort of went over to him and uh, he, he, he was from like the very north pole he was like the, you know, he'd come from the like north pole Albino. you think well you know, well, it wasn't Albino but at oh. the end of the day he's like why are Sammy, you called Sammy's yeah. you know, the north pole yeah. up in northern yeah. Scandinavia they look a bit Chinese. Yeah. Sammy Hooper, yeah, yeah. people exactly. like, yeah. they're like, they're they have a big Sammy party people. coat on and a husky. Yeah. And it's a bit like Eskimo. You ask him where they come, come, come from. from. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's amazing where yeah. people come to and get to the Liverpool yeah, games. But, you know, but I think that you have to have... Have you got a ticket? Barnes, you couldn't even get a ticket. But you know what? But in all seriousness, you need to have the right balance. Yeah. Because, obviously, from the commercial point of view, football has changed, whereby you have to do these tours. But I'll tell you what has really opened it up and brought it to the attention of everyone is Louis van Gaal. You can see he's not happy about what well, he's come out, and said, he's come out and said next year they promised me a shorter tour. Because yeah. from a managerial point of view, you want your players to be fit. You want your players not to have too much jet lag, not to be travelling around. You also have to understand that why you can spend so much money and probably you get paid that much money because you do these tours. So the balance is important. But I always feel from a manager's point of view that the manager would much rather have his own way to then say if you can just go five miles every now and again to play, that's what you want to do. Whereas he has to also recognise that from a commercial point of view, which will give him money to spend, you've got to then fly 24,000 miles that Newcastle have gone to. So I don't think that managers necessarily are happy with, with these long tours. However, getting the balance right, and Van Gaal is very, very strong and adamant that this isn't going to be happening. I hope, I hope, he, I hope he really becomes strong and, 
Adam and Seth, be fair, because again, that could upset a lot of things with Nigel. But he will. I, I think he, I mean, he I think it's good manager, but I have, I have great respect for him. He's going there. Sometimes when you've had a, a very successful club for many years, yeah. if you go in trying to change the world, yeah. I think David Moyes went in and didn't change too many things, but, but, he, sh- but maybe he should have done. Yeah. Maybe he should have. Now, Van Gaal has a character to do that. But, and once again, like Roy Hodgson, you have to be true to yourself. If yeah. he goes in there and says, well, I just want to go up, he has to go there and say, this is what I am, and either you like me or you don't. Yeah. And I think that he's strong enough to do that, and people will accept it, or they'll fire it. But I don't think he can go and change. I don't think a man should ever go and change the way he actually is. And I think David Moyes did that. I think, well, I think David Moyes did that. I think he'd said, let's keep the Man United way going and let's just go along with what's going on. Whereas really, he should have gone in here and said, I'm the manager, you do what I say or you're out. Because he was on the mind completely. And Van Gaal won't be. I mean, I saw him in training. I don't know if you saw the things on training where he's shouting and screaming and ranting at the players already. I saw a little thing on Sky. And either, either you go his way or you go. Or he goes. But I think he'd much rather go on his own terms that I've done what I do. 20 years ago. Yeah. I think you get away with that. I'm not so sure you get away with it nowadays. That's what I mean. That's the problem he has. But I don't think he. I don't think he will change. You know, he can't change. And, you, and he wouldn't want to change because that's his character. He shouldn't change. From a Man United Liverpool point of view, like obviously we, we like to be ahead of them and, and whatever. They can be disturbing. Well, one thing so about Liverpool and Manchester United, I think the fixtures. If you look at the way they panned out at the beginning of the season, they've been quite kind to Manchester United. You could see. Maybe them sitting on top after six games, can't you? Liverpool's fixtures aren't so kind this season. Took a couple of tough games, Man City, Everton early on. Is that a problem, or would you, is it one of them where you think as a manager, just get them out of the way, it's good to play well, on now, the pitches are I mean, good? Yeah, okay, you talk about Man City, and obviously we're up there with them now. We've got ourselves back in Champions League. What I'm saying is, as a manager, do you look when the fixtures come out? Do you look at them first fixtures yeah. and things? Just look at your fixtures. What's and your you first fixture? Got to play them anyway. I do, yeah, yeah. got to play them anyway. But I, I, I would think there are sometimes upsets in the early part of the season because people don't quite well, reach the fitness different things I mean it could be anything I mean even with us United we can't wear anything with kids yeah so it'd be like <laughs> again, if you sometimes a lower club playing a, a, a top club you can't turn them over yeah. just on a fitness issue really so yeah there's, I just think that you've got to take each game as it comes you've got to play them all twice doesn't matter when you play them doesn't matter where you play them I think it, you can make you can make up little stories about it and talk about they've got better fixtures than those most of them got to play the same people yeah I mean in, in some in some respects it can actually it can actually work against you by um by 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 playing the 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 lesser teams if that's what you want to call them early because you see so many upsets early on yeah, when everybody's confident so you're playing the team that just come up they're full of confidence you really want to play these teams after they've had a good hiding after the first 12 <laughs> matches so that you know they're rubbish because you see so many teams who now get good results when they're first there until they know they're rubbish you know what I mean because they don't know they're rubbish at the time <laughs> I'm going to be a bit unkind I know really yeah but, but so you may think that it's best to play them early but I don't think it is because if you look at what's happened over the years you know you always see some teams who are up there early on until they find their level so I'd much rather get it out of the way with the top teams as much as it seems a little bit strange but I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing and it costs us probably the premiership yeah. In our time, you know, when you guys playing with the smaller teams, smaller teams, smaller teams. Yeah. Were, is that like because we think well, we should beat them, or it's an attitude or whatever? There's there's loads of different things, but you've got to play them, and you've got to have the right attitude in every game, and that's where that's where you win it. And I think we we are, obviously we could pick four games last year, which probably cost us the title, but then most most teams can do the same, can't they? Yeah, obviously Champions League football this year as well. Just touch on that before we finish. You're looking forward to obviously being back in the Champions League. Got a great history in the European Cup, Champions League. So 
Yeah, I, I, I'm delighted that we got there and we got there in the right way. Yeah. You know, and we didn't have to qualify, which would have been a real yeah. sort of pain. You see really. Celtic now, they've yeah. already started, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. You know, but obviously with the World Cups as well, I think it's very unfair that, that qualification bit. Um, we got there, we deserve to be there. Um, and it'll be different. I mean, it's, 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 it's just quite a strange thing when you go back into Champions League. We only haven't been there for a while. People haven't really got a feel for it, but. I mean, I think Ben will do well. I think he's he's, he's meticulous enough to, to get it right. Well, yeah, but I think right he's yet. meticulous enough to do it right, and he's well. you know, he's that sort of guy. He's he's on the ball, yeah. um, and I think he's got he's building a squad which will give him a, a, a really a really good chance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you look at the um, we don't obviously know what the groups are going to be, but of course now with the seedings and what have you, you can look at it very much like a little bit like the World Cup. You know that the top teams will go through to the knockout stages. It's kind of like designed that way now. So Liverpool, I think, will be consistent enough to go through. Um, but of course, then once you get through, you know, you talk about in February playing the last 16 and quarterfinals, then, you know, you, you draw Barcelona and Real Madrid. It's a lottery, but I think the least we can expect is to go through the group stages. And, and, and I feel that now with the confidence that we're playing, you know, as much as we may have a on hiccup now and then, even in the Champions League group, um, group stages, I think that, you know, we will be good enough consistently to, to go through to the next round. So to then say we're going to go on and get to the semi finals at least, so you don't know, you don't know who you're going to play, and yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard because if you look in the last semi-finals of all the Champions League, it's always just seems to be Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Real Madrid, and Barcelona. An English team has even got there. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea did, yeah. um, you know. But obviously, it's, it's difficult now for the English teams. But we do you know, need to be even with that. That much better, a little bit much better defensively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, in my little time, we remember we yeah. Palace Saint Germain. Semi-final. I went there, tried to win the game over in Palace. Yeah. I thought we were good enough. I yeah. watched them. To be fair, I played two up front, and we, and we ended up getting yeah, ten or so over. You have to be better defensively. We, we nearly beat them at home, but at the end of the day, I, I, I lost to that game as the manager. And that's not, not the player. The players didn't play well, but you make mistakes like that. Of course, it was hard. Yeah, of course, you had one that night. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but yeah, but you know, sometimes it's again, you, you, that's the European thing. They, yeah. that, that they catch out, you've got good players. Especially in the latter stages. You know, you can get away yeah. with like yeah. conceding two and three and, win, and scoring four in the group stage. But once you're getting into the knockout stage against top teams, yeah. You've got to be strong defensively. Just one last question, and before we, we wrap it up, obviously last season was a little bit beyond expectancy for, for what we all thought. Although I did say to John Barnes this time last year, I fancied us, if you remember, over in Ireland. Fancied us to do what? To do what we did. To finish second? Yeah. Well, you I said you fancied us to win it. First, yeah. There you go, so you got well, it wrong. I was one out. I said we wouldn't win it. And I, no, the, no, you never said we'd win it, did you? No, I said we wouldn't win it. I didn't think we'd win it. But I was close, wasn't I? You were close, yeah. yeah. So, well, so Can you go to the bucket and say you're close, can I have some money? <laughs> well, no. Right. So what's your question? So I said third, you said first. We're both one out. <laughs> expectancy. expectancy last year was probably a little bit above what we, we all thought. What's expectancy for this season? The expectancy for Brendan, of course, is massive now. That's the problem. Well, he's that, that rewritten is, his job title. That, really, is, that was the problem it? in many ways. Yeah. But for me, I think, if, you, if you're going to be totally honest, what you have to say is that Hey, our, our objective is Champions League here, mm-hmm. and I think to get back in again, it, that would be a, a, a first season. But always at the back of your mind, always at the back of your mind, you've got to believe you can win it. Yeah. Uh, certainly now that you're back in the top echelon uh, of, of teams, nice we, we, we see, yeah. Uh, but so, but you, I mean, you don't want to start putting the pressure on by saying, "Yeah, we can win it. We're the best team." But he knows, come out and said, "We'll win it for the next ten years." So. Okay, you can say what he, can say what he <laughs> likes at the end of the day. Oh, right. He does talk a load of, but that's yeah. that's what he does. I just think, yeah, believe you can get back in there. That Top is your objective. You. That is your objective. But in the back of your mind, yeah. If you look how tight, if you look how tight it was last year, you know, and I agree with Roy, it's got to be top four. 
Now, top four, finishing third or fourth for me is in failure. Because although we finish second, people think, oh, the next thing we're going to win, we're going to win it. Is that if you're competitive and you can come into the last month of the season, last four games of the season with a chance of winning the league, that's all you can ask. Yeah. I think gone are the days when Liverpool dominated in the 80s and won all, and then Man United and then Arsenal. I don't think you're going to get a team winning it year in, year out, no matter what Mourinho says. So if you feel that you can be close enough to be within a chance of winning it coming into the last month, that's all you can ask. So I don't want Liverpool fans all of a sudden, if we finish third, but we're like five points off the top, oh, to then be disappointed that it's a disaster when we finished second last year. Yeah. If you're competitive enough to then say, because it, go back to your point about marquee signings, which, which helped. Liverpool aren't going to be paying 250, 300 grand a week. Whereas Chelsea might and Man City might and even Man United might. So, you know, for us then to then say now, because we finished second that, because we're not going to get those players. So, but we don't need those players to be competitive. So if we can be competitive enough to be with a chance of winning it, means even if we finish third or fourth, but we finish five, six points off the top, for me, that's okay. Big owners on the fans, not to put the pressure on. Yeah. I, I agree with John on that, to be fair, because it's, it's tough enough as it is. Um, we're back where we wanted to be, European football. And challenging for the time. That's all time. Yeah. Great way to end. Thanks, lads. Five times are hitting the road again this summer, and it's the Champions League heroes heading to Ireland in August. Shevchenko, the European Footballer of the Year, star man in the Milan side, must score. He must score. He saved it! Goodness! For Liverpool! And Liverpool have won the Champions League! This is amazing! Can you believe it? Jamie Carragher and Luis Garcia host a gala dinner at the Marca Hotel in Dublin. August 20th. Once a European champion, always a European champion. 24 hours later, Luis Garcia, Didi Haman and Jamie Carragher are at the Waterfront Theatre Belfast. August 21st. Then in September, Barnes, Aldridge and Haman in London on Thursday the 11th. Fowler, McAteer and Whelan in Newport, South Wales on Thursday the 18th. All details and tickets of all those events on fivetimes.co slash events. It'd be great to see you there. Liverpool have their hands on the European Cup again. And this time it's for keeps. 